they're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Philodeau. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes! Sally Stegel, 132.67 has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 of beauty. On the ice with the Gimlet. The Gimlet scoping. These golden games have their crowning moments. It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you again today for another interview and another great one that we have store for you today. We've already spoken to a couple of members of the Australian bobsleigh team. Of course, we spoke to Bree Walker and Ash Burner earlier this year, and now we've got a third member of the Australian bobsleigh team, Sarah Blizzard, and this is a fun chat, as all of our chats with the bobsleigh team has been. Sarah goes into detail about how she got into the sport, kind of why there was always a bit of a winter ambition or sort of a, a winter passion for her, and not just because of the last name. Don't worry, that joke gets uh, thrown out the window pretty, pretty quickly. But it's it's a great story to hear, sort of how that was a, in the mind as a, as a young athlete, and then it kind of transitioned into her actually right now on the cusp of competing at her first Winter Olympics. And what she's up to now, the, the training process, switching across from athletics into bobsleigh, and just a fun, insightful chat to really learn a little bit more about the complexities of bobsleigh. Always enjoy bringing these to you, and I know you're going to enjoy it right now. Here is our chat with Australian bobsledder Sarah Blizzard. We have already spoken to two members of the Australian bobsleigh team in the lead-up to Beijing 2022, and they are among some of our best interviews that we have done in the last 12 months. So we thought, well, how can we make it better? Let's speak to someone else from the Australian bobsleigh team, and we are so excited to be able to speak to today's guest. She is a past runner of the stall gift where she has finished as high as second, made the finals multiple times, and is on the cusp of making her very first Olympics in only a few months' time in Beijing. I'm so excited to learn more about this journey from one sport to another. Pleasure to welcome off the podium, Sarah Blizzard. Sarah, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I've got to get this out of the way because I'm sure you get sick of this, but I'm going to do it right now. Ha ha, your last name's Blizzard and you're going to be a Winter Olympian. This must be fate. Ha 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 ha. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've definitely heard that a few times. I've had a lot of, um, there's people who have thought it's fake or just a name for Instagram as well. But um, <laughs> yes, that's my surname and I do a winter sport. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to tick that off. Good. Done. Out of the way. Um, how, you're speaking to us right now in Germany. So sort of right now, preparations are getting really uh, turned up towards uh, Beijing 2022. I mean, kind of give our listeners a bit of an idea about sort of what you're going through right now in, you know, the lead up only a few months away way now yeah for sure so um really heavily into our off-season training at the moment so i came over to germany just over a month ago i've been training with a german coach here and my teammate brie uh, she's my pilot so been training with them i've seen so many massive improvements already it's been very exciting um, but being over here just means I get access to some great facilities and we get to use the ice houses to practice our pushing. 
Um, so yeah, we're actually heading off for a push camp tomorrow as well to do some more pushing, which is very exciting. Um, it's just, yeah, it's great to have access to all of this as well. And you mentioned to me just off there the first time that you've able to say that you're a full-time athlete now, kind of, uh, what's, what's that lifestyle like? And it's a bit of a, bit of a dream to kind of say that, Hey, guess what? I'm, my job is I'm a full-time athlete. Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's, it's very exciting to say that. Like I said, it's the first time I've done that. I've always worked. Um, I started bobsleigh in 2019 and when I've been in Australia in the off season, I've also been working full time. So working all day and then training, um, in the afternoon. And even this year I was home for three months and I was pretty much working all day. It was four days a week, but still, um, it was very taxing on the body and the mind. Um, so yeah, I'm finally over here and all I'm doing is training and all I'm thinking about is pretty much training and it's great. And I think, I mean, my body loves it at training. It feels nice and fresh, even when it is a bit sore and tired from training, but, um, yeah, it's a game changer really. In terms of growing up, we'll obviously get into the sprinting aspect of things, but how sporty were you growing up, Sarah? Was it sort of like you tried your hand at all different sports? Was it just sprinting or nothing? Sort of like how active were you when you discovered that sport was your thing? (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty active. I came from a small country town in Victoria called Ararat. Um, I did a lot of sports there. In saying that, though, like the popular sports were footy, AFL footy, obviously, um, and netball. And then in, uh, then in summer it was cricket and I never played footy and I never played netball. (laughs) Um, I did every other sport. It was like, there was gymnastics, there was swimming. I did tennis, golf, taekwondo. I did do a little bit of cricket. Um, I can't think of any others. I tried a little, little athletes once, um, but there weren't really many people involved with it and no one really around my age. So I didn't really like it. Um, and then, yeah, I I pretty much tried every sport I could when I was growing up. And then I think it must've been just at the start of high school. I might've been about 13, 14 is when I started doing athletics or I was approached to try, uh, try running anyway and give it a go and see what I thought. And then, yeah, I did that for like nine years. I think it was. And now you're in Germany about to uh, try and make an Olympic team in bobsleigh. The, the, the perfect transition, it kind of uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fits very well. I mean, I noticed besides cricket and, and netball, which you didn't do, and AFL, which you didn't do, most of those are Olympic sports. So kind of was there almost like a, an inner ambition that maybe you could push towards an Olympics or was that something just never on, on the mind? You just wanted to keep trying these different sports? Yeah, it was definitely on the mind. I think more so when I started doing the athletics and doing the sprinting, it was like, yeah, I'd love to make an Australian team. In saying that though, growing up, I've always loved the winter sports. Like who doesn't? It's so exciting. Um, Like winter Olympics is so like, it's, yeah, it's so exciting to watch. Um, And I've always loved that. Growing up with my family, we'd go to the snow every year as well. So I was kind of like, I'd love to go to the Winter Olympics, but all I can do is ski. I can ski down the runs. I can't jump. I can't ski fast. I can't do anything <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Definitely can't snowboard very well. Um, and, I mean, bobsled never crossed my mind or anything like that never crossed my mind. But, um, yeah, love the winter sports. Um, and it was kind of funny when I did get asked to do bobsled and Olympics was on the table. I'm like, huh, funny how that's kind of come, like, full circle that, like, I've always loved the Winter Olympics. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in athletics, everyone wants to represent, well, I would assume everyone wants to represent Australia when you're competing kind of at a high level, like making nationals and stuff like that. Um, it just, I mean, I wasn't really improving a whole lot. So it was great to have a bit of a change and I guess a new goal to work to. 
I, I always like to call the Winter Olympics the real Olympics because they are the better Olympics. When I mean, we love the Summer Olympics, of course we do. But to me, there's just something unique and amazing about the Winter Olympics. I mean, you could probably cut about five to ten sports from the Summer Olympics, but there's not a dud sport at the Winter Olympics. So it's kind of just that, that level yeah. of excitement. As Australians do, we never see these sports. So it's always unique for us, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, going leading into these Olympics, um, we do joke that like Australians are going to watch bobsled for the first time in four years. Um, <laughs> apart from my family and everyone that loves me posting all the videos about it, but yeah, they don't really see this. Um, I guess this side of sport that often. Like yeah, bobsled every four years. Maybe they see some ski racing or something if it's on the news. But it's yeah, I mean, it's rarely on the news either. Do you, this is sort of a question that usually falls into our final set of questions, but just while we're on the topic, do you remember sort of what Olympics it was when you were younger, particularly the, the Winter Olympics? I mean, I'm guessing kind of in your age, you maybe might have seen some Salt Lake, but was it maybe sort of more Turin, Vancouver that you do sort of remember seeing? Um, I think it would have been Vancouver, but I have actually been to Vancouver and to Whistler. Um, I've been to Whistler twice, actually, once in the summer and once in the winter. Um, the first time I went there was winter. We went skiing as a family. Um, all I remember about the bobsleigh track is we were there. I don't, that's all I remember. I remember <laughs> mum saying, Oh, look, a sled went past. And I was like, Oh, I completely missed it. That was it. <laughs> um, when I went in summer, it was actually for an athletics trip. Um, I went and competed over there when I was, I think I was about 15. And I do have a picture of me sitting in the bobsled, um, with some other people there. It was like a four man bobsled sitting there. And I'm like, funny here. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've be. been in one before. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, like uh, there's not like a specific memory or anything of a particular games, but I think it must, it would have been around Vancouver was like, I guess when I started really watching it. I did even see stalking your Instagram. Uh, there was a photo of you sitting in the Olympic rings. I'm guessing probably on that trip. So I mean, it's it's almost like you got the bobsled, you got a photo in the Olympic rings, and here you are now, basically a decade later, on the cusp of an Olympic. So it's kind of like Sarah, it was all fate. Like you were just kind of laying the groundwork yeah. all the way back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that photo definitely exists as well. I forgot about that, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's all happened. Winter, ill in Vancouver, done all of that already, and just prepared myself for like another 10 years time really <laughs> with the the sprinting the athletics uh, as i mentioned sort of the intro multiple stalgy finalists second in 2014 i mean for for our non-australian <laughs> listeners who are unaware of the stalgy it's obviously a very prestigious race held every year in the town of stall funnily enough i mean what what how is that held in terms of the athletics community when it comes to say uh, an olympics versus a stall i mean if, if you want to make a national team as you're saying like on the domestic scene is that the peak event that anybody in sprinting wants to compete in the stall gift? Um, yes and no. So it's a, it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, like I love stall. I like from the moment I first competed at it, even now I'm not competing at it, but I've been there and I still love it just as much. Um, it's a bit of an interesting event. So if you're trying to make an international team and go to the Olympics, or if you have been selected, there's a very good chance you probably won't be competing there. In saying that, though, they do occasionally get um, get a few people competing on there. Like this year, they had Hannah Basic, and she she competed, um, and she also competed in the hundred meters at the Olympics. So occasionally, they get a few people. Um, they've had a few distance runners that competed as well. Um, so yeah, it's not really a big event for those kind of athletes. But there's a really big um, we call it professional running in Australia doesn't mean we get paid, unfortunately. Um, I mean, if you win, you sometimes get some money, but 
it's a different circuit to, I guess, the amateur running as well, where you're running on a track competing at states, nationals and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I think a lot of other people wouldn't have really heard of it before if they haven't heard of stall, but it's, it's mostly on grass. Um, there's not many meets that are actually held on a proper running track. Um, and it's handicapped. So pretty much the fastest person has the longest distance to run. Um, the slower, I guess the slower you are, um, the less distance you have to run with the game or the, the main point being that you all are supposed to cross the line at the same point at the same time. So it makes it very exciting. Um, most of the time it's some really close finishes and you have like the people up the back, the really fast people up the back, they're flying home. Um, and that it does make it very exciting. Um, and that's, I guess, why I've always loved it so much. It's a different challenge to running on a track, like on a track you're competing for time. But here in these pro running races, I ended up towards the end of my running career, I was always up the back. So I'm always the one trying to chase everyone at the front. So I love that. And everyone loves the, these back markers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like the atmosphere, especially at stall, um, even actually this year and they had all the COVID restrictions, but at Stall, the atmosphere is amazing. Like so many people come to watch this event, whereas you look at something like nationals and generally you'll have like some coaches, some family, maybe some people who are into athletics that will come to watch and that's kind of it. But um, everyone from the Stall area, um, which is another very small country town in Victoria, like 20 minutes from where I live, but everyone from that area will come and watch and people spend their Easter weekend um, at Stall, which is amazing. It's, it's yeah, it's just it's almost magical, I could say. Well, what I'm basically hearing then, if I was to go in an event against you, um, if it's 100 metres, I'd basically be given a 90-metre head start and <laughs> I would still lose, essentially. That's what you're saying. I mean, that's how that's how it could work. That would assume I could run 100 <laughs> metres at the moment. That is also very fast for us bobsleigh athletes. <laughs> Make it a 50 or something along those lines. To kind yeah, of, you 50 metres. Keep, keep, keep up with, with the training. So, I mean, sort of with that success in the stall gift and kind of with your athletics career before you ultimately do switch to bobsleigh, I mean, kind of how close were you to the, the national team? I mean, were, were Olympics, Commonwealth Games, things like that a, a realistic possibility? Or did that sort of when you sort of hit a point in your athletics career, you're like, okay, this isn't going to be a possibility, time to sort of look elsewhere? Um, yeah, I kind of was at a point where I was running a lot of similar times. I had broken 12 seconds. Um, I had broken it once legal and twice it was too windy, um, which was a little bit annoying, but a lot of really low um, 12 second, like 12 O's, which was getting a little bit frustrating. Um, but I mean, that's part of the sport. Uh, I was also getting a few, not major injuries, but a few injuries kind of around the start of season, like August, September, um, when pre-season training was going really well. And then I'd get the injury and then October, November would kind of be the start of season. So it would kind of have a few little hurdles, um, which I think may have impacted that a little bit. Um, nothing too major. And I still love doing athletics. Like I was kind of more doing it so because I loved it. And also the pro running side of things, like I love that. I wasn't going to make a team doing the pro running stuff, but I loved it. Um, I mean, my goal was still definitely to make an Australian team, but I think I was a long way off. Um, I've also, since doing bobsleigh, I've become a totally different athlete. Like I think if I was still doing athletics, I'm still doing athletics now with the mindset that I have. I think I would have been a lot more determined to make that or maybe given myself a better chance. But, um, I mean, this is stuff that I've learned from doing bobsleigh. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think I was a long way off. I think it maybe, maybe could have happened, but also probably not. So then I believe your coach put your name up for a potential talent 
camp or, or suggested that? How, how does that all come about? And is it is it a weird thing? Like you're talking about how, you know, you sort of always had this thing for winter sports and kind of how it's all sort of unique how it happened. But is there a part of it that's like, oh, hey, coach, what are you trying to say? Are you saying that you can't coach him anymore? Is there something going on here? Like you, you're shooting me off to another <laughs> sport. What, what's happening right now? <laughs> Uh, I think he knew I was a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Um, <laughs> he did make the comment, you were the first person I thought of to do this. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, I've always gone to the snow, always loved, I guess, those adrenaline kind of sports and anything adrenaline related. So, no, he came to me because I think I was probably the only one crazy enough to say yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I was um, Brie, so my pilot at the moment, um, she was looking for a new team. So she contacted um, Evan O'Hanlon. So he is our male bobsled driver and pilot, um, but he's also our Paralympian at the moment. So he's currently over in Tokyo about to compete. Um, so Brie messaged him saying, hey, do you know any track and field girls that would consider giving this a go? Um, Evan is quite close with my coach at the time. So he messaged my coach saying, do you have anyone in the squad that would give it a go? Um, we were in the gym when he got that message and I was actually doing rehab. I was sitting on a bike. Um, every person who does athletics knows that sitting on a bike means you're probably doing rehab and no one loves the bike <laughs> sessions. Um, but yeah, I was sitting on the bike and he's come over to me. He's like, would you do bobsled? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Bit of a laugh. Cause, um, I mean, everyone knows, uh, everyone who knows Maddie B knows he comes out with some random stuff, but, um, and then he's walked away. He's come back. He's like, okay. Cause they're looking for some athletes that would do it. I'm like, yeah, okay. He's gone away and come back. He's like, okay, so there's his team. She has the sled. She has the runner. She has all the equipment. Apparently the equipment's very important, very good chance of making the Olympics. But basically you'd be competing for Australia and you'd get to do bobsled. I was like, sure, give me a number. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's see what we can do here. So I spoke to Bree that night um, on the phone for like about an hour. And the next morning, the next morning I woke up and I was like, yeah, I'm doing bobsled. I'm training for bobsled now. So wow. I like, yeah, I just, at the point I was like, yeah, I don't even think I hesitated. Um, mum was up at the time visiting me. I was in Canberra. Um, and how my coach told her that I, <laughs> that I was approached to do it was showed, I think it was a video, it was a bobsled. It might've been a bobsled crashing or like it's a bobsled going very fast, something like that. Walked up to my mum and was like, this is what your daughter's going to do. And she looked at me like, Okay. Um, she's like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I called and I called dad and he was like, um, I hope you said yes. <laughs> like, I haven't even spoken to her yet. I was just like given an opportunity. So yeah, everyone was pretty excited, but yeah, I don't think I hesitated for a second. And I, I, mean, I didn't know much about bobsled then either. I knew cool runnings and I knew the winter Olympics. So yeah. Which ticks off my second um, cliche question then. Did you go and rent out? Cool Runnings to rewatch it for the first time in a while. Yes, we watched Cool Runnings that night um, or like the next night. I watched it with my mum and my roommate at the time. Um, everyone loves Cool Runnings though. I, I think I, it's popped up on the TV quite a lot since doing this as well. And whenever it comes up, people will message me, like my family will send me a photo. Oh, guess what we're watching? <laughs> um, but it is a great movie though. It is a great movie. Which I love those videos I have on YouTube. I think it's Variety does it. They'll get, say you know, like a, a professional, they'll get a same bolt to sit down and, you know, comment on, on running in movies and things like that. So I think they need <laughs> to kind of get you and Bree to sit down and just, you know, let's comment on cool runnings. Or you could go back and get the um the Bond film on A Majesty's Secret Service when James Bond bobsleigh. So, I mean, kind of you could do that and comment on it and kind of go, okay, this is bullshit. This is not how it would work. Yeah, actually that Bond one, my dad sent that to me not long ago. I'd never seen it. 
actually, to be honest. Um, but my dad sent me the video of that forever. And my first comment was, this is the longest bobsled run I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he actually bobsleds again in, um, for your eyes only, he does it. So he's on skis and he's chasing a bobsled. So there's two bobsleds in James Bond. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, just yeah. You, you've been the James Bond lifestyle and you're also, you know, being Doris Bannock at the same time. Like, I mean, God, just tick all the, all the movie boxes off there. It's kind of the lifestyle you want, I think. Yeah, not bad. It'd be ideal. Get to jump in a bobsled randomly to chase people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Just, just make sure when you're at the Olympics, look behind you. You might have Daniel Craig chasing you down on the, on the, <laughs> uh, the track, which I'm sure might not be a bad thing. I mean, I you know who would say no to Daniel Craig chasing him down? Yeah, Why not? exactly. There he is. Just hang on. Sure, hang on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure would be happy with that, yeah. Yes, I think the Olympics <laughs> will get a bit of a boost there. Like, random um, stranger on the course. Oh, it's Daniel Craig. There he is. <laughs> boost <laughs> in the Olympics. Might get a few more viewers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So what was that? You've you spoken to Brie on the phone. Uh, do you remember the first meeting with her, kind of how that was and kind of what she said to you, kind of uh, go back to the very beginning when this partnership started? Yeah, so um, on like that conversation on the phone, it was great. She gave me all the information. Um, I had a notepad ready and I didn't even end up writing anything down or any questions that I thought of on the way because she answered everything. Um, basically, she was like, um, you train hard, but you get to train like a beast, which is fun. Um, Sliding is a lot of fun. Sometimes it hurts. Long days. Costs a lot of money as well. We don't get funding, but do you want to do it? And I still said yes. <laughs> um <laughs> And then from there, I um, I went down to Melbourne. Uh, we had a little push camp because they have like a it's like a push trolley that we can use on a running track down there. Um, so I went down there and met Bree, and I also met Steph, our other teammate. Um, so I met them for the first time, and we did a little push camp down there for a few days. Um, and we also, I guess, learned more about what the season would involve. So where we would be going, um, where our races would be, what our races were. Um, the cost again, um, and all of that stuff. So that was the second, well, that was, I guess the first time I actually met them in person. Um, the other thing we had to do was our testing camp. So that was in Sydney. Um, I think it was about a month before I flew out overseas. So basically we had to go and test, like it was physical testing. So power clean, uh, squat, um, there was vertical jump, a 30 meter sprint. Um, I think that was it. I might've been forgetting something, but yeah, they were the things that we did and they were the main things that we had to do. And we had to meet certain standards for them to be considered, I guess, one, able to slide um, for the team and two, to be able to slide on world cup. So they had different levels of standards. So um, that was, that was the next time I saw them and we had a little weekend together and it was kind of like um, being more introduced to bobsled. And then yeah, a month later I went overseas. So this all happened in the space of like two to three months pretty much. Wow, that's great. And how, so how many years ago was this now? Uh, this was 2019. Wow, so still it, just yeah, so August quick. 19. Like, wow. Yeah, it, it is... happens very quick. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people who get into Bob's like, will say the same thing. They'll be like, oh, I was just doing this one day and then next I'm planning a trip overseas. So that's it does insane. happen like that for a lot of people. <laughs> Wow. So you again, just I'm, I'm liking these things you're saying to me, Sarah, because I could be watching Cool Runnings tomorrow and then in three months' time I could be on a plane to Beijing. So, hey, you never know. Never say yeah, never. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's still hope for me. I'm still trying to uh, work this out. Do you do you remember then you're, you're overseas, you see a bobsled track? You said obviously you saw one in, in Whistler when you were there, but this time around you're looking at it very differently than when you're over there sort of for different purposes. Do you remember sort of standing at the top for the first time and, and what you thought when you when you saw it in person? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, Brie took me for a track walk um, before my first day sliding, which is um, quite funny because brakemen never do track walks really. (laughs) Um, It's always the pilots. But, no, she took me for a track walk, which was actually really nice. I enjoyed seeing the track because it's the first time I've seen a bobsleigh track. Um, And, yeah, it was in Winterberg in Germany. Um, So we got to walk down the whole track, got to see the size of the corners, which at the time I was like, wow, they are very big. (laughs) I didn't realise how big they were. Um, But that was quite nice. And then later we came back to slide. So I was quite nervous, but I was very excited. Like it wasn't a bad nervous. It was a like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's, let's give this a go. Um, also kind of like a bit, <laughs> I was just like, I better like this because I've spent all my money. I'm here. I'm here <laughs> now. I have to like this. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of, we jogged it off the top. We didn't do a, like a really hard push or anything. It was also the first time jumping into the sled or like knowing how to sit in the sled, like, 10 minutes before the run, they were just like, oh, by the way, this is how you sit in the sled. This is what you hold on to. So I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I've got in. um, And I was like, oh, yeah, this is all right. And then it started getting faster and the corners, um, the pressure started building up. So Winterberg, it it does have some big corners. And going back to it now, like I hardly feel the pressure of these corners. But being my first bobsleigh run, um, the pressure in the corners, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be sick. And then it passed. (laughs) And then I thought I was going to be sick again. And a pass and I got to the bottom, I'm like, I'm not going to be sick in my helmet. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but there was honestly that feeling like I thought I was going to throw up and I had no idea what was going on. It just like felt very rough and everything. But the next time I got back in, it was okay. Like it was like so much better because I was like, okay, I actually know a little bit about what's going to happen this time. It's fine. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience, but you ask a lot of bobsleigh brakemen about their first time in the back of a sled. And a lot of them are like, yeah, I thought I was going to be sick or like something like that. Or like, I hated it. I didn't like it or something like that. <laughs> a lot of people don't enjoy their first run. Which, because it's that unique aspect where you've got what your head down, you're not seeing anything. You're staring at I basically don't see anything. <laughs> the base of it, which I can imagine then like, just think about anyone when you get car sick and you know, you're, you're looking at your phone or you're reading a book, like you're not focusing on that. But this is different. You're going, you know what, five times the speed or something along those lines. And uh, your first <laughs> time in one, I mean, it's just an insane feeling I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an insane feeling and it was, and it was that adrenaline rush that I love. So I was so keen to get back in, even though I felt sick. <laughs> it didn't happen the second time around. But, um, but yeah, like you don't see anything at all. You don't really have any idea what's going on, especially your first, like your, when you first start sliding, you have no clue what's going on. You can try to memorize a track beforehand, but you have no clue where you are when you first go in the track. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And then you kind of get to the end and Brie yells at you to pull your head up and put on the brakes and you're like, oh, we're at the end already. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, no, it's an insane feeling. You don't, you don't want to be in such a zone where all of a sudden you all of a sudden you wake up. Oh shit! What? What? A break? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> smash or something like that towards the end. Um, I mean, how <laughs> how important then is that sort of forming that that bond with Brie? Because I mean, you're, you're putting your life in her hands. She's the one steering it, obviously. And then you can say the same when you're hitting the brakes. But I mean, how important is it to form sort of that relationship outside of the sled so that you two can be working in cahoots when you are on the start and then ultimately, of course, in the sled when it comes to competing? Yeah, it is very important because, I mean, we are a very small team. So like I mentioned before, it's her, me and another girl, Steph. 
Um, so it is a very small team and it is important, not just for the sliding side of things, but we spend six months of the year together in a, like in hotels, in small rooms and everything together. So it's important that we first of all get along. <laughs> um, and then also, I guess, like we work really well with each other. Um, like with Bree last season, unfortunately, Steph went home um, quite early in the season with an injury. So it was just Bree and I. Um, but it was very important that we understood how each other was kind of feeling um, and how, I guess, how we prepare for different days. I mean, we're very good in the mornings. We're not morning people, so we don't talk to each other in the morning, which works very well together. <laughs> um, we we'll only talk to each other when we're ready. Um, but, yeah, but like everything else, um, it is important that you work together and trust each other pretty well. Like I trust Brie. Obviously, I trust Brie. I get in the back of a sled with her. So, um, but like if she, if you can tell that like she's stressed on a race day or something, like I guess we know how we can, I guess, help the other person to feel better about certain situations. But yeah, it's, it's been pretty smooth sailing for us. We work very well together as a team. And I can imagine too, it's pretty hard to put all your faith in an Essendon supporter as well. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, yes. I'm a Geelong supporter. So yes. All right. They're not the worst. I mean, they're the right colors, you know, just a different style of uh, Guernsey, you know, put more blue in there with a bit of an emblem on the front and then maybe you're on the right path, but uh, nothing (laughs) wrong with the cats. not too bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, obviously with the training aspect of it too, I mean, we, we talked to Bree about it. We talked to Ash when we had her on the show, of course, as well. It's, it's all about that power and sort of, you know, bringing that more into sort of that explosive starts. Was there any aspect of that that when you sort of changed up the, the physical aspect, hitting the gym, the weights that you found challenging or was it something that you just relished and you really enjoyed the, the new training regimes? Yeah, I really enjoy training at the moment because a lot of the time it is testing yourself physically and mentally. Um, like recently we just went through a weekend of doing like trying to get personal bests in the gym. Um, but yeah, like it's always, you're always pushing yourself, um, on the, in the gym and on the track as well. Um, and then you get to go and do these push camps where you're practicing, you're pushing, um, without going down the run and you can kind of unleash and just go nuts and push. And that's a lot of fun. Um, the main change in training for me, I guess it is more power based in sprinting. Um, I guess the second half of my race was always my better part of my race, which is also why I enjoyed the pro running so much more because it was 120 meters, um, which seems like such a random distance, but it was to do with when they used to run in yards and everything as well. So that's, there's a reason behind that, but 100, 120 was my best distance because the last 40 meters was my best part of my race. Um, but now like transitioning to a really short, um, I guess, shorter sprints and shorter pushing distances. That was, I guess, um, I've had to improve my speed, but I've also had to improve a lot of the stuff in my gym. And that's, I mean, it's come naturally because I've had a lot of room to improve in the gym, but also I've had a lot of, I need to work on my technique a lot as well in the gym with that kind of stuff before I can start lifting heavy. So that's probably another challenge for me. Um, in saying that though, it's all coming together. Um, it's all coming together very well. Um, mainly the biggest challenge would be training for bobsleigh in Australia, I guess. Well, the one thing that I saw you were able to achieve in the training is you achieved the 120-centimetre box jump, which uh, congratulations. Yes, uh, <laughs> I did that yesterday. Yes, I was very happy about Small wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I, yeah, I don't even sure. – like that looks like ridiculously hard. It's one of those things that you look at and you go, oh, anyone could do that. But when you actually try it, you're like, shit, this is hard. Uh, I mean, kind of where do you go from 120 centimetres to 130 centimetres? Like does it keep going up from there? Yeah. Uh, the next jump, it's it's like 100 – ooh. 
sure. I'm not sure, but they're, they're, they're big jumps as well. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go to 122. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not like a high jump, chuck, you know, like a little, little mat or something. Yeah, going that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, I've, I mean, I used to do box jumps when I did athletics. Like I could comfortably do 105 and 115. Um, so to be able to do that now, I, I'm, I'll admit I'm heavier because I needed to be a lot heavier for bobsled, but to be able to jump that being heavier, I was like, that's, yeah, I'm very happy with how training's going. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that side of things is funny. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I mentioned, you get to test yourself all the time. Um, with how much you've improved or how far you can go as an athlete. So, yeah, that side of the training I really enjoy. You mentioned before about the goal to make the Australian team when you were in athletics. You, you get to bobsleigh, you go out there, you're representing your country. I mean, do you remember again that, that first time you're out there in a, in a World Cup competition, you've got AUS emblazoned on you, kind of just that feeling, is that sort of that realisation then that when you were younger that I want to represent Australia, that here you are on the world stage representing your country? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, the first, I reckon it was actually, so last season was my second season. And I think that was the first time I'm like, right, I'm actually like, I'm representing Australia now. My first season was, um, most of my races were on Europa Cup. So just like within Europe. Um, and yes, we were, we were representing Australia, but they were kind of just like learning about competitions and learning how it worked. And I did do one world cup race that season in Austria. And at that time I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I am representing Australia. Um, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and everything. Um, but then I've gone home, I've trained the house down, I've come back over and improved. And I was like, yeah, okay. Now I'm representing Australia. And that was, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, in saying that though, I'm like, I know I have so much work to go still. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy to be where, to be where I am and to be able to have got to where I am. Um, it is, yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. And competing in the world cup over the last couple of years, I mean, a couple of top 10 placings, which obviously must be a, a pretty great feeling. I mean, sort of when, when you're out there, like, do you and Bree sort of set a target? Is it more about the time? Is it about finishing? Is it about a placement kind of what, what goals do you sort of set or does it depend on, on the event that you're actually at? Uh, finishing is always a good one. <laughs> um, That's a good start. Sure. <laughs> no, it's not one that we tell each other, but finishing is a good one. <laughs> Just finish the um, race today. That's, that's where we go. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be very concerned if we got to that point where we had to say that out loud, but, um, yeah, yeah no, I, f- I mean, for us, we just want to keep improving. Um, so for last season to have got so many top 10 results was a, a big achievement for us. Um, we ended up being ranked seventh overall um, at the World Cup results, uh, the World Cup ranking, which is the best an Australian team has ever done. So we were just like, wow, that's like, I mean, we couldn't really have asked for a better season um, in that aspect. Um, but yeah, like our first, our best result was actually an eighth where we crashed in the second run um, and we still came eighth. So we were like, all right, this is, this is going to be a good season. That was only our second race of the season. So like, all right, this is going to be a good season. So um, yeah, to be like have a few races where we placed ninth was amazing. We never like were like, all right, we want these results. We want to place this. It was just let's just improve on ourselves. Um, we did have some mini like bets or competitions about push times um, because I guess that's something I can control. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like with the coach or with other teams and stuff, it's like, all right, let's see if we can push this this time or let's break this time. Um, but that's probably the only really, I guess, results or goals that we said out loud. And that was like, yeah, the day of the race or day before, just to get us a little bit motivated. 
going back to the the funding aspect of it, I can imagine then when you can go to a potential sponsor or somebody to sort of help out with that, if you can show them, you know, multiple top 10 finishes, I mean, that that's obviously very helpful and kind of helps out there as well. So, I mean, it's I can imagine these results sort of build up and, and help on that aspect of the sport when you're traveling the world and having to spend, you know, months on end on the other side of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a challenging side of the sport. Um, it is a very expensive sport um, in general. For me, I mean, Brie does cover a lot of the cost of like the pilot related things like the sled paying for runs. Um, we've got sponsors that cover things such as the van and all of that. But for me, I pay for like flights, accommodation and food um, is basically how it works. And last year also, this year, sorry, also quarantine and getting home to Australia. Yes, um, yes. But that was very, very expensive as everyone knows it is um but yeah i mean having these results is great to go to sponsors and say hey look we've got the best result in bobsleigh um women's bobsleigh history um we've got all like these are our results here's a lot of videos of our races everyone loves seeing the videos of the races um in saying that though it is still very hard to get sponsors for bobsleigh because it's not something you can do in australia and also something that's not really broadcasted in australia either so that is definitely the challenging side of getting sponsors which again, to use the old age old cliche from Cool Runnings, I think I brought this up with Brie and I brought it up with Ash too. You know, you could start singing the the Australia's Got a Bobsled Team song, but I think kind of in the, <laughs> in the social media age though, like, I mean, it's so great sort of what all of you were doing on social media to promote the sport. So I'm kind of seeing there could be some sort of real like, you know, hip put together video, TikTok it out there, you know, kind of here's the Australian bobsleigh team wanting you to support them, donate, <laughs> like go viral. I mean, you know, you've got plenty of ideas of this that you could take that 1994 song from Cool Runnings and, and take it, you know, <laughs> even further. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that you can use um, to help yourself. I know you, do, you definitely do see a few bobsleigh teams out there using stuff like that. Um, or even doing like the old bathtub photos of them sitting in the bathtub. <laughs> um, but yeah, you definitely see bobsleigh teams using um, a lot of things from Cool Runnings to help themselves or like for a bit of fun. Most of the time it's for a bit of fun, which is great to see. What about the lucky egg? Have any of you ever had a lucky egg? Like, could that work? Um, I have not myself. Um, I did see the Jamaican team last season, though. They had a lucky egg. Um, and he got it out and showed everyone. So, I mean, yeah, if you're Jamaica, how, how could you not really? Exactly. Um, and they, they were having a bit of fun with that as well. But, no, I don't have any lucky eggs or, I guess, any lucky lucky thing that I <laughs> that I take down the <laughs> run with me. Well, when we had Ash on, she was talking up about her love for Daniel Ricciardo and kind of this idea that we could have sort of like a swap, like Ash could sit in a McLaren, he could come and try bobsled. So I'm just thinking that if there's a singer that you love, Sarah, that we could sort of get them on board to record like the Australian bobsled anthem ahead of Beijing. We could get them out there on social media. I mean, who 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 would be the number one that if right now you could get to jump on board and, and sing a, an Australian bobsled song? Oh, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, if it was an Australian bobsled song, it'd have to be an Australian artist for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and my first thought goes to someone like John Farnham. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. School, but if it's, Classic. If it's a, <laughs> You're the sled. Try and skate down one. the track. Skate down and go real fast. Oh, you're like, you know, a bit of a turn yeah, on a exactly. classic. Yeah. But the yeah, guy retires I mean, and gets out of it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually see him a few years ago after one of his many retirements. I did actually get to see him a few years ago. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, but, yeah, if it's, an, if it's an Australian song, it has to be an Australian artist for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking if you can't get John Farnham, 
Nikki Webster. The ties to the Olympics there are just perfect. Ooh. Like get get Nikki yeah. from the you know the Sydney two thousand, bring her back, and there she is, and and gets her out of you know her dance school to get prepped for Brisbane in twenty thirty two. So you know it's it's helping helpful for both of you. Yeah, of course, everyone would get around that too. Everyone yeah. would get around that, or oh, either option. Everyone would get around it. It'd be great. Come on, yes, exactly. <laughs> great bit of promo for us as well. <laughs> yeah, I just the possibilities here are endless. Like it's just it's it's fantastic to think about them. You, I believe you also tried your hand a bit at, at monobob. We talked to Bree a lot about sort of uh, the monobob side of things. I mean, that's obviously a little bit different. You're you're kind of controlling it and uh, you know piloting and braking it. How do you find the monobob versus the uh, the two man? Uh, I really enjoyed the monobob, actually. Um, it was the, at the end of my first season. Uh, Bree and I went off to Lapan. Uh, the season had finished, so we were very stress-free, which was great. Um, but we went off to Lapan in France and gave monobob a go, and I really enjoyed it. Um, normally in, like, everyday life, I do like being in control of situations and in control of everything. Um, so I guess doing bobsleigh as a brakeman, it's like, all right, that's one thing I can't control except that it's fine. But then actually sitting in the pilot seat was a lot of fun. Um, it was actually really great to see the other side of it as well um, and kind of understand. I mean, I've got a long way to go to understand what Bree goes through in the pilot seat, but kind of get a little bit of an idea. Um, and it was actually a really successful week. I can't remember exactly what I placed, but I did a lot better than I thought I would. Um, I slid for the whole week. And then on the weekend, we had two competitions. And I think it was like 14th and 12th out of like 18 sleds, I think, or it might've been 11th out of 18 sleds. So yeah, it was actually surprisingly successful and it was a very fun week. And I yeah, really enjoyed Monobob. And does her, does Bree sort of success in the monobob when it comes back to the two men, does that kind of like spur you on? You can get a bit of uh, adrenaline and momentum from her success to kind of take on how well she's doing it and put it then into when you both come together again? Yeah, for sure. Seeing Bree do so well in the monobob, um, especially when monobob is often the day before the two men races. So we get to see how well she's doing and it's like, yeah, it's just like that little bit of adrenaline comes in and you're like, all right, let's go. She's in, she's in a good shape. Um, she's driving well. Let's do this kind of thing. Um, it's great. Like I said, the day before, it gets you really um, up and going for the next day when she gets a good result. And it's, I mean, it's also my teammate as well and my friend. Like, it's so good to see her doing so well in monobob as well. You just that next morning though, you're not talking to each other when you do get up. That's the that's yeah. The we thing, just though. we just need the time to wake up. Yeah, you just need the time to wake up before the the conversation. <laughs> hey, remember what I did yesterday? Yeah, cool. Shut up. I'm I'm still not awake yet right now. Um, so Sarah, the process now, uh, sort of with the training to the Olympics. Again, I know we talked a bit to Bree about this sort of when we had her on the show, but obviously it's a little bit closer now. So what what does it take from the point you're talking to me right now to know you have that ticket booked to Beijing? Yeah, so we have a whole season ahead of us. Um, it's like it's not actually that long to go, but it seems like there's so much to happen before that. So our qualifying period doesn't start until season starts pretty much. Um, and then in – I'm probably going to get the date wrong, but I know Ash said it in her podcast. Is it January 16th? Um, I'll say Something yes. like that. Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. I remember all my, <laughs> yeah. uh, my interviews off by heart, every single fact. So that sounds correct. To me. <laughs> Let's yes. go with that. I might be totally wrong. Um, but yeah, so around, uh, at the end of season, pretty much we find out when we're going. So it's not actually that long. Um, but from now till then we keep training. So we have a few push camps here and there, um, before season starts in October, on the 5th of October, we head to Beijing. So we're going to Beijing to go and learn the track. We spent a few weeks there, um, learn the track, have some experience on there and get to slide there. Uh, and then at the end of October, we come back. 
Uh, and then we have a few weeks training just on, on tracks in Germany or in Europe, I should say. Um, and then November is when the world cup season starts. So we have, um, we have all of our races and that goes through until early next year. And our results from the races basically determine if we go to the Olympics or not. So we get points and then we get a ranking and then that's how we get selected. So what position, if the people are following the World Cup, like do you need to be in like the top 10, the top 15 kind of, uh, or is it regional based kind of, what are we looking out for? Yeah, it's a bit of a complicated system, um, but basically <laughs> the top uh, the top two nations get to take three sleds. Uh, so assuming that will probably be Germany um, and somewhere like Canada um, or something like that, but they get to take three sleds. Uh, and then, then there's a next chunk of people and they get to take two sleds. So it's a bit hard to know what kind of placings we need to get. Um, I mean, if we can kind of continue on our momentum from last season and get similar results to that, that would probably be great and probably get us through. But of course we want to improve. Um, who doesn't want to improve? So yeah, for sure. If we can get top 10 results, we should be okay. Um, I mean, for us as a team, we want to keep getting top 10 results. Um, but yeah, we're probably not really going to have an idea until I guess end of the year, start of next year, on where we're actually going to be sitting and kind of if we're right on the edge and what we need to do to get in or if we're comfortably in. So it's a bit of a complicated system. It's very different to some other sports that people are in. Um, like there's not a time that we have to get or um, we're not just selected because we're a small nation or anything like that. We've, we're competing with all, all these big teams. Um, so, yeah, just trying to trying to get the best result we can pretty much. You talk about wanting to improve. I definitely want to improve as a podcast host because that's probably the third time I've asked that question to each you, Ash and Bree. But I just, you know, want to make sure that you're on. I actually want to make sure you're each on your toes so you know how you do qualify for the Olympics. It's more of a test for you yeah. three to kind of, you know. Yeah, thank you. Make sure you know just in case, like, how do I get to the Olympics again? It's kind of, uh, it's going that way. Which, I mean, this is a like fascinating push thing. a sled. Yeah, just that's it. Go a bit fast. Don't vomit. Uh, all those sort of things. Um, it, it is fascinating to me about winter sports though that it, it's always so close. Like you, you can literally be weeks away from the opening ceremony to even know if you're going when some of the summer sports know a year ahead. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to kind yeah. of think of that. I mean, is it, is it something that kind of works in a way where you thrive on that, knowing that you've always got to be at your best? You kind of can't just qualify and then not that you would want to hold back, but kind of take it away because you've got to literally be on your game right up until you then know qualify and then only weeks later you're at the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a juggling act trying to make sure we're like physically in shape for the season, but then in better shape for the games. Um, not that we don't want to be in really good shape for the season, um, but like you've got to be able to juggle it like you really and you've got to be able to juggle each race as well. Like, yes, um, each race you want to be competing at your best, obviously, and that's every season anyway. Um, having the games there, obviously, it's another thing that we're trying to qualify for, but I mean, I think we have enough of a drive as it is that even if the games weren't this year, we're still going to be trying to do our absolute best. We're so motivated to, I guess, like I've said, improve, do our best. Um, but then, yeah, having the games is going to be a whole nother experience. Like it's going to get towards the end of the season. I feel like tensions are going to be high. Like a lot of teams are going to be very stressful. So there's going to be that whole mental side of things as well and try not to let that get to you too much. Um but yeah, I guess then you've got to get to the seasons and get to, sorry, get to the Olympic at the end of the season. And you're trying to peak again um, after having such a big season already. I guess that's probably the difference between us and something like athletics. Um, in saying that though, they normally all go and compete over in Europe or America just before the Olympics anyway. But um, 
but yeah, it is a little bit different like that, but in like, I mean, we're over here, we're competing anyway. So I guess, yeah, just go on, have another, have another race, just a lot bigger. <laughs> Some of the, the winter athletes I've spoken to recently, we've obviously talked about the close proximity of, of Tokyo to Beijing in terms of, you know, what, six months basically between the summer and winter Olympics. I mean, for yourself, for Brie, like sitting down watching the Olympics, does it kind of spur you on just sort of seeing these games, how it sort of brought Australia together during the current situation and then even sort of seeing the success that Australia had during the summer games? Can you kind of build on that, again, momentum and sort of, you know, adrenaline that you're watching that and use that into your own performances? Yeah, for sure. It was super inspiring actually watching the Olympics. Um, I normally would wake up in the morning and the first thing I would do would be go on social media trying to find the results. <laughs> it's really bad to go on social media first time in the morning, I know. Well, you're not talking um, to yeah, anyone. trying to look so, at results. You know, it's yeah, I'm not talking straight to anyone, on it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's fine. Um, but, yeah, no, trying to do that or get on 7 Plus, trying to, like, catch up on the results and stuff like that. Um, my partner was sending me screen recordings of different races from the athletics so I could watch it in the morning, um, which was great. But, yeah, I – like, it's definitely – it's inspiring, like, getting to see athletes not only just get out there and perform, like, no matter what their result was, just actually getting out there and enjoying it. Like, they're doing what they love. Um, you could tell by some of the athletes, especially the ones where it was like their first games or their last games, they're just actually getting out there and doing what they love. So I think that's the best part of it for me and just enjoying their experience while also performing at their best. So yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone loves watching the Olympics. I know a lot of people kicked up a bit of a fuss about the Olympics still being held, but when it came around to the Olympics being on everyone in Australia, in Australia loved having it on. Um, we did so well at the Olympics. Like that was such an amazing performance by Australia. So that was very, yeah, very exciting for us. And I guess a nice little warm up for the Winter Olympics, I guess I could say. Well, it's kind of interesting with that too, with, with everything that happened around the Summer Olympics, obviously the postponement, then kind of whether or not it was going to go ahead or not. I mean, kind of people then were so focused on the Summer Games that people never really, I guess, were questioning, will the Winter Games go ahead? So now it's, I guess, a case that we've seen Tokyo go ahead successfully, the Paralympics going on successfully. I mean, if there was any doubt of, hey, that the winters could be postponed as well, is that kind of all gone now? Because it kind of looks like they are just going to go ahead, it seems, as of right now. Yes, I guess it's going to go ahead. I hope it's going to go ahead. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think they were kind of treating Tokyo as a little bit of a test run for the Winter Games. I guess that's probably not the best word, but if anything worked for the, the Summer Games and then they were going to continue that on for the Winter Games. So, I guess it's good for them to see what has worked and what hasn't worked. But um, hopefully, like, the momentum continues on. Like, everyone's been so excited about the Summer Games and now the Paralympics are also on. So hopefully um, that kind of can continue on a little bit and then everyone gets excited about the Winter Games because there's just so much sport in this, like, small time frame. Hopefully it, like, just boosts the excitement even more. Well, the real Olympics, again, they are the real Olympics, Sarah. The so real Olympics. On. The dress rehearsal was Tokyo <laughs> and now the real Olympics come along in, in Beijing. Exactly. Now, we're going to wrap up with a uh, series of fun questions. As I said, you've you listened to our Bree Chat, listen to our Ash Chat, so you, you're familiar with them. But before I do get to those, a couple of quick things. I, I did find a story about a, an interesting training regime that you did have back in Australia where you were pushing a ute. Uh, how, how oh, helpful, yes. how helpful is that? I mean, d does it actually help or is it more of a, Hey, I've got to try and push something. So why not a ute? 
yeah, it was, it was probably more, let's just have some fun. Let's push something. Let's just, let's just have some fun. Really. It was, um, for the Mitsubishi, um, dealer back home. Um, it was a Triton. So it was all sign written with Triton on the side of it. Um, and it was on, uh, like newspapers and stuff, just like a little bit of self promotion, I guess, as well as the Triton. Um, I don't do that in normal training, I must say. Um, <laughs> sometimes we'll have a little bit of fun and push something like we had a, like a little pulsar back at home, like a bit of a paddock bomb that I like joked around and pushed around a little bit at home one day, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it for that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, in training, we do push and pull a lot of heavy sleds. Um, but yeah, not generally not, uh, utes. You know, you're not pushing Tritons just down the street. People whose uh, Tritons are parked on the street shouldn't be scared that you're just going to want to push them around a little bit or just move it out of the way to get a park. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I also, um, on the bobsleigh skeleton website, I do like here you've got, uh, your, I guess, eight tracks that are pump up songs or are these some of your favorite songs? But, uh, I do like some of the ones you got on here. You've got a bit of Will Smith with Miami. Chelsea Dagger, the Fratelli's great song, Kryptonite mm-hmm. Three Doors Down. But the one I love here, it's a song that I had not heard in a long time, completely forgot about it, and I've literally been listening to it today. Shake That, Eminem and Nate Dog. That is a great song. Yeah, yeah. I've, that's gen- generally in my pre-race playlist. It's like a, um, I don't know, it's just it gets me pumped up, so it's in there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. So is this just is this a pump-up list? Is this kind of what gets you going at, at the tracks or is this just sort of what you were listening to on the Spotify at the time when, when you did this on the website? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a, I guess, like a summary of the songs that I have, I guess. Um, these songs are kind of like in my yeah, training or my pre-race playlist, whether it's like a gym, um, if I'm going for heavy lifts in the gym, um, you'll see the last song in there is X Gone Give It To Ya. That's my PB <laughs> song in the gym. Whenever we're going for PBs, we I play this song. Everyone has a PB song here. Um, but, yeah, that mix of songs is kind of like kind of what my actual playlist will look like, yeah. Generally, the track one or the pre-race ones are kind of like maybe they'll start off a bit calmer and fun, and then they kind of get more like trying to pump myself up. Like we, when you, whenever you see us on the start line, there we're like our heart rate is high because we've pumped ourselves up. We're full of caffeine. We're just like ready to explode, pretty much. <laughs> Which I loved Ash sort of saying that she had a song for basically every single track. So it's kind of you know like a, the sort of the way the way you do that. Any any list with Miami by Will Smith on it is a good list. Let's just yeah, let's it's, just it's a good song. <laughs> say that say that now and also. We we talked about this to Bree. Talked about this to Ash. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you as well now. Just again, you want to name your sled Ben in Beijing. You're more than welcome to again help somebody out who's got no talent here, Sarah. And I can cross that finish line at the Olympics and say that I've finished an Olympics. So again, pressure Bree. She didn't seem too keen on the idea. So you can maybe you know put a friendly word in her ear again. I'll just remind her. Yeah, unfortunately, it is her sled. I don't have much say, but I will. Uh, I'll remind her for you. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And also, too, the thing as well that when Channel Seven uh, have got the cameras in your face, they're giving you the great old story. This is the you know how Sarah got into it. I, I always like to try and see if you can sneak in a sneaky word in there, just kind of like a hey, let's throw out a word there. I think the the one that you could easily use, you could easily use the word stall stall gift runner they're probably going to bring it up anyway so you could maybe just use it in a sort of like yeah i don't want to uh stall on the start line and stuff it up i'm going to do it very well (laughs) so again just a little you know homework or challenge for you if you want to try and throw that out there in a channel 7 promo come february all right i'll give that a go i reckon i can get that in there somewhere 
Yes. I'll get it in there somewhere for sure. <laughs> I'm going to make these words more difficult. You know, I'm going, I'm going to get someone to say <laughs> gobbledygook or something like that, just to, you know, fit it in there somehow. Uh, now, we, as I said, wrap up all these uh, interviews with a series of fun questions. Uh, as you know, by listening to, to Bree and Asha's interview, these are based on a series of questions that Team Canada had on their website ahead of Pyeongchang and also Rio. And I'm probably using the same set of questions that I use for both Ash and Bree because we, we generally use it from a fellow competitor from your sport. And we've got the uh, list Rizzling uh, page up again too because she's the only bobsledder on the Team Canada website. <laughs> so you've got a bit of an advantage here though because you've heard these. So um, yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't quite finished Ash's podcast. I probably, um, it's probably paused right just before the questions, but I did listen to Breeze a while ago. So yes, maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and I, I do appreciate the fact that when I looked once at our downloads, we had one listener. So thank you for that, Sarah. I, that I was, now know. Yep, where, that was probably me. <laughs> where it comes from. So uh, that that's good. Um, First question, your favourite ever Olympic moment is? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I would like to say Stephen Bradbury, but I was also very young. <laughs> I've just it watched counts. replays of that. Answer yeah. it. No one answers that. It they counts. should. <laughs> yes. It counts. Like I watched it back a, like a lot, obviously. It pops up all the time. Once It's also a winter sport. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Um, but, yeah, no, like just like watching the whole moment and just like his face and how he enjoyed the moment. It's amazing. So I'd have to say that even though I was, I was definitely too young. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I'm just going to ignore that fact. I won't feel old, but um, you know, the standard answer for this one is obviously Kathy great moment in Sydney. But like, to me, it's like up there. He's the first ever winter Olympic gold medal for Australia. Bradbury wins in the most memorable circumstances. So yes, it gets me excited when uh, anybody answers that one. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's also a good question. Probably fly because, I mean, you get to places very easily. Um, I, like everyone always says run fast, but I'm like, well, that kind of doesn't, I mean, that just makes me really good at what I do. It doesn't, <laughs> you don't get to enjoy the whole training side of things. I'd probably say fly because I could go anywhere. Perfect. Especially I during like these it. COVID times. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you don't have to wear a mask, I can imagine, if it's just you in the air. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. Doing that now. Um, again, this one, you can have the cliche answer or you can have maybe another answer. Your favourite sports movie is? Oh, uh, <laughs> the cliche answer would be Cool Runnings. Yes. Um, I mean, I do love Cool Runnings, though. I would probably <laughs> say Cool Runnings. I'm going to be cliche. <laughs> I kind of, I, was, I like it, though, when there's sort of like that obvious answer for a, for a sport, depending on the athlete. So, um, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's always been probably my favourite sporting movie, even before Bob Say wasn't even in the picture. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, I love that movie always. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I do like Alicia's answer here, The Mighty Ducks. So, I mean, you know, you oh, can't yes. go past it. another early 90s classic with that one there. Now, um, this is the interesting one because obviously we always say to our guests, if you want to have some homework, you can draw. You, you, There's a drawing aspect to this. Now, Ash actually did it. She's our only athlete who actually, <laughs> she's like, I'm doing this. And she sat there and she drew it and she emailed it through to me. So, again, if you're competitive with your fellow team members and you want to kind of do it out there, the, the task is to draw a picture of yourself. So, okay, yeah. Look, I'm very, I'm very bad at drawing, but I might give it a go. I'll see what I can do for you. <laughs> and stick figures are acceptable. Stick figures. Oh, okay, that's all right then. Acceptable. That's probably as, as artistic as I get. I'm have no creative bone in my body, so <laughs> it'd be very interesting. And if people haven't seen, hit hit us up on our Instagram, and you can see Ash's amazing drawings because uh, they were fantastic. Um, your funniest childhood memory is. Boy. Um, there's, there's a lot probably being at the snow where we would, well, my dad would do silly things and crash and make a fool of himself. Um, 
uh, probably one, ooh, there's a lot. One that pops to my mind was I went and did donuts in the paddock, in our paddock bomb, and then my parents came home and were like, oh, what's all this mud in the paddock? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And then my brother dubbed me in because he took a video of it and then showed my parents the video. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, yeah, but it it was funny. My, My parents were kind of proud but also like what, <laughs> that's so australian isn't it like oh yeah that's that's our sarah look at those donuts just um that's how we raised her well done yeah like yep, exactly perfect perfect um you you pretty much already answered this one unless you've got a different one your favorite pump-up song is um yeah yeah we've answered this one yeah x gone give it to you and um that's my pb song so it's probably my best pump-up song for sure Works the best. Um, the most recent TV show that you binge watched? Um, I would probably assume it was Friends. Oh, <laughs> never go we, wrong. We with watch that. a lot of Friends on season. Um, there's been a, there's been a few others. Um, I what there's always Brooklyn Nine Nine is in there as well. Um, I watched a lot of that when I was um, in Brisbane while I was home. But, yeah, at the moment it's just been random bits and pieces of movies. I've been studying while I'm over here, so I haven't actually watched a whole lot of Netflix, surprisingly, with all this spare time. Well, yet. We'll say yet. If you, if you, if yes. you I mean, you're probably not going to. But I, actually that sort of adds to that challenge because when we had um, uh, Tyler Gill and Dean Hewitt on Curlers, they were talking a little bit about their obsession with friends. And I sort of made the idea, well, like, hey, drop friends quotes out there and you would be like the, the quoting, the friends quoting curlers. So you and Brie could be the friends quoting Bob. Like you, you're getting there, you're ready to pump up and you could be like, could we be any more bobsledders and just kind of get ready to go? And then one of you go, I know. And then just, you know, we were on a break. Just, just drop them before you go down the course. That would go viral. Well, we do this. We do this anyway. We're throwing friends quotes out there all the time anyway. So that's easy for us. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you get your funding. You know, all of a sudden, you know, who knows? Jennifer Anderson might see it and go, hey, this is cool. She gives you a plug on her Instagram and boom, viral. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I have to ask you, I mean, yeah, yeah, who, sure. who, who are you out of all the six of them? Which which friend's character are you? Oh, um, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> I would like, ooh. see, there's, there's different aspects of each of them. Like I'm a little bit Monica, like a little bit Monica, just I do, like I mentioned before, I like to have a little bit of control, not necessarily like a clean freak, but I do like things to be clean. A little bit of Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a little bit of everyone, really. That's a good (laughs) way to do it. Rachel and Joey would be my favourite for sure, though. Brilliant. And who's Brie? Who who do you think Brie's closely related to? Hmm. Well, once again, it's hard. (laughs) Just different (laughs) aspects of everyone. Um. Like once again, she she's organized. She's very organized with her season. She has everything planned out. Um, so there's there's the Monica. Um, oh, I don't even know how to answer the rest of that question. Yeah, also a little bit like Rachel. Okay, I was a bit worried yeah, straight away. You were just, just like, oh, she's Ross. Like it just comes out she, straight yeah, she's away. Ross. <laughs> don't even think about she it. Oh, she's Ross. so Ross. There she is. That that's who she is. Uh, speaking of, like on yeah. the drawing side of things, the other one here is draw a picture of one of your teammates. So look, hey, you can draw a picture of Brie as as a bit of Rachel, a bit of Monica. You know, kind of add to the uh, add to the homework there, Sarah. Yeah, that's getting a little bit creative. To, to yeah, be there, but uh, <laughs> we can try. <laughs> I just see a picture of just two of you, sort of like looking at each other grumpily in the morning, just like don't talk to me just kind of you know get yeah. on with your day uh what is your least favorite food 
Oh, um, there's a few there because I have a few, um, I guess, intolerances to food. So they would probably go up there. I don't really eat cream or consume cream. Every time I get cream on something like a hot chocolate or a dessert, it goes straight to Brie um, or <laughs> Steph. Like we're very good like that. She'll give me an ice cream. I give her my cream. Um, I actually don't like avocado and it, uh. it doesn't agree with my gut either, but avocado. I know well, a lot of people would be very disappointed to hear that. No, I, I, I am one of the few that's not because I often get shamed for saying I don't like avocado too. So uh, I'm yeah. glad that there's other people out there with that uh, frowned upon opinion. So uh, It does mean I should be able to afford a house by now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, go out and buy avo. Smash yeah, exactly. avo, I should be able to afford a house. You're, you're loaded. <laughs> Come on, exactly. Um, if you weren't an athlete, what would you be? Oh, also a good question. I'm like, I've always grown up doing sports related things. I have a degree in sports science. Like I think it would probably be something sports related, whether it's sports, like I'm studying nutrition at the moment, something like that, um, but completely off sport altogether. Um, I did apply to study zoology at uni along like all the sports things. And then there was just zoology at the bottom. So probably like something like that, like working in the zoo, something like that, I guess not really something i've ever thought about because everything has always been so sport focused <laughs> still got plenty of time you're still very young sarah so after the gold medals come from the olympics you can be the world's first gold medal winning zoologist i don't know if that's a thing yeah. but um you never Maybe know um, your, your favorite vacation spot is uh i haven't been on a lot of vacations recently i guess not <laughs> um Fiji was beautiful. I did really enjoy Fiji. I went there instead of going to schoolies um, with some friends and that was that was very nice. Bali was all right as well, but I think Fiji was like that, like the step up. In saying that though, the snow has always been like going to the snow. We always used to go to Mount Hotham when I was younger. So like the snow skiing, just being around that is like for sure my favourite like vacation, I guess, vibe, vacation spot, Mount Hotham. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like it. Um, what's something that people usually describe you as? Um, people will actually describe me as like shy and quiet a lot of the time. <laughs> if you ask Bree and Steph, they'll be like the silent assassin. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, like, I'll be quiet a lot of the time, but really like I'm thinking of some plan underneath or come out with some random comments, um, random witty comments or jokes or insults. But um. Yeah, I guess prob- probably that. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like it. Um, if you could be an Olympian in any other sport other than your own, what would it be? Oh, I would I would probably say aerial skiing. Yes. I would never have the guts to do it, but I would love to be able to experience that. Like I've um, always loved aerial skiing. I know when I was a lot younger and I was doing gymnastics, I had Alyssa Camplin's book, her bio. Um, so she was always a great inspiration for me. Um, and she's, she's actually involved with this winter Olympics. So that's going to be very exciting. She's but chef um, de Michonne, I believe, is she not? So yeah, she'll be yeah, your boss basically should you make it. So yeah, it's, yeah. that's pretty cool. So, um, but in saying that I'd love to experience that, but I think I'd be too chicken to actually do it. I say that coming from bobsleigh, but I think a lot of the aerial skiers would be too chicken to do bobsleigh. So that's okay. <laughs> um, but I think aerial skiing for sure. And the final question for you today, Sarah, what is your guilty pleasure? Um, I love Tim Tams. Mm. Like, like I could eat a whole packet of Tim Tams. Steph arrived um, in Europe the other day and she bought me a packet of Tim Tams. It's already gone. So um, <laughs> normally I have pretty good self-control, but like yeah, Tim Tams. 
any particular flavor just sort of the original or do you kind of the like original the original 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 yeah. i have i have tried other flavors but it's always original okay go stick with the classic there's a reason there as well the final one there's actually another drawing if, if you're an animal you which would you begin it's getting very sort of in-depth now so um oh know. an animal we were actually talking about this in training the other day we were trying to pick what animal people would be um i i my nickname has always been bear growing up um, my parents have always called me Sarah Bear. Um, they have nicknames for when I'm in a bad mood and I'm not going to repeat that because people don't need to hear that one and use it. Oh, um, come on. I need to know it now, Sarah. You can't, you can't dangle that um, carrot and not share it. <laughs> okay. So when I was in a bad mood, it would be a mix between bear and feral. So they'd call me Beryl. Wow. Okay. You're going to get some messages yeah, yeah, now so. on Instagram. Hang on, Beryl. What's up? How are you doing, Beryl? Yeah, and those people will be blocked and reported for abuse. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to no, our, don't listen to our Beijing coverage next year because if you have a bad run, we're calling you Beryl. So, you know. Yeah, they would only really use that when they needed to. But um yeah, no, they would they would always call me bear like um or like polar bear was kind of like the bummy a lot of polar bear kind of things, but um yeah, I'd probably go bear. I do right. love bears as well. They're very cute. Okay, well then draw a picture of a bear for us and we'll be uh, very, very happy. Sarah, um, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, where can people follow you so up to date with sort of uh, your journey? And also too, I believe you've got a, a donation page out there as well to sort of uh, help with the uh, the journey as, along the way as well. Yeah, for sure. So Instagram is nice and easy. It's just Sarah Blizzard, nice and easy to find. I actually have TikTok, which I feel like I don't really know how to use, but I've posted some things on there. Uh, so that's Sarah.Blizzard8. Um, I have Twitter. I don't use it. I can try and use it. Um, I think that's Sarah Blizzard 88. Um, and yes, we have a, uh, we have a fundraising page through the Australian sports foundation. So we have one for the team and I have one for myself. Um, so if you go into the Australian sports foundation website and just type in Sarah Blizzard, it should come up. Um, and there should be a nice little picture of me come up there and you'll know it's me hopefully. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also too, I, I will say, going back to what I was saying about how I love sort of the social media stuff that's going out there with everyone, the uh, the bobsled skeleton pages on social media too are also very informative, sort of a lot of the stuff they're putting there as well. So it's, um, yeah, really opening yeah. some eyes out there to the sport. It's great to see. Yeah, for sure. No, I know a lot of people back home, um, a lot of family, friends, or just people in our are like loving seeing videos of just the sliding because they've never really watched it before. So suddenly they get to see all these videos and they love it. So now it is good to see so many people getting around that and getting excited about watching bobsleigh when they've never seen it before. So it's good. We're going to be very excited in the coming months to see how it all goes and watching bobsleigh next year in Beijing. Sarah, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you to learn about your career, the sport, your nicknames that we shout mention again. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and Bree getting across the line in Ben next year in Beijing to uh, to a <laughs> medal. Bree about that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> come on, Bree. I know you're listening. Come on. I'm not giving up on this. It's going to be Ben come uh, Beijing. But Sarah, seriously, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for your time on the show. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. And a massive thanks to Sarah there. So much fun. And again, I'm 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 serious. Bree, if you are listening, the bobsleigh can be called Ben. It's a great name and it will strive you to success. If if you don't do it, Ash is gonna do it. You know, one I, I just feel there's gonna be a Ben crossing the finish line in Beijing. So uh you're welcome. You're welcome for that luck to already uh, go along there too. And uh, as we just sort of mentioned right at the end there, 
of the uh, the interview, uh, as well as following Sarah and uh, hitting up the social media pages for the fundraising and everything else along the lines too. Uh, search for Bob Say Skeleton Australia on the social media platforms because uh, seriously, some great stuff there. It's actually really informative for, for people out there who maybe know very little about the sport. Some great quotes and great inspiration there and uh, definitely getting uh, some good traction in the lead up to Beijing. So uh, thoroughly recommend that if you are on social media. And if you are on social media, I'm plugging other places, got to plug our own places, of course, off the podium. Search for us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat with everything that we have on the run and subscribe to us on the podcast channels. All of them, as I say, just, just subscribe to all of them. You don't need one, you need multiple ones. You want to listen to the show many, many times. Search off the podium on there. Mash the subscribe button, leave us some feedback, leave us a rating while you're there. And obviously, we would very much appreciate to hear what you think of the show. We have so many more interviews coming your way. We've got interviews, special episodes, and everything else in between. If you're an Olympics fan, you're going to be loving everything that we're going to be bringing you from now until Beijing. So uh, stay tuned. So much to come here on Off the Podium. Big thanks again to Sarah. Big thanks to everybody who is tuning in today. My name is Ben. And as always, remember, go left. Go left.